There are seven deadly sins, Captain. Gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, pride, lust, and envy. Hey, yo, how's it going, friends? Sean the Butcher, Vertebrae 33. This is In Madness Pod. How's it going? What's going on? How you doing today, Sean? I'm very good. I'm very excited. This is our seventh episode. Let's pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, very good. Uh, it's been great. I love. Uh, thank you to our guests from our last episode, uh, Talking Bay ninety four podcast. Absolutely, right? Brandon from Talking Bay ninety four, and and you know, Sean, we didn't get kicked out of any of these podcatcher services, so we must be doing okay. I don't yeah. know if they can even kick you out, but we're we're still here so that's yeah cool. yeah uh, i am very excited for this episode man and i'm we made our list for our next episodes i can't wait like there's gonna be so much cool shit happening with this podcast thank you for listening thank you if you've uh hit us on the socials uh at in madness pod on everything uh in madness pod at gmail.com we're trying to be more conscious of our crutches and clean up our dialogue and clean up our language and we're, figure we're, this out. we're a work in progress and and i hope that when we get to episode oh i don't know 33 let's say uh it's perfect and people are like listen to these these guys Mo- mostly me I, w- I would say it's not you you you're polished already i uh, get out of here we're, we're learning expert. our craft you're you're an expert at it but I, I need a little work and i appreciate with people hanging in there with us and letting me get these gnarly bits in yeah man i can't wait for the gnarly bits on this one but we want to hear from you we want to hear what your favorite scenes are you want to hear everything that you love about this movie i'm going to shut up stop rambling and uh, vertebrae go ahead and get into it All right, so for our seventh episode, we're doing the film Seven that came out in 1995. Yay! When it works out like that, it's perfect. Uh, Directed by David Fincher, who also directed Alien 3. You're one one of the ones you love. Oh, snap. Fight Club, Panic Room, did the social network. And before he was a film director, he was a huge music video guy. So he directed over 50 music videos. Aerosmith's Janie's Got a Gun, Billy Idol, Cradle of Love, Bunch of Madonna, Express Yourself, Vogue. Oh, so he's a goddamn rock star. Yes, he was already a rock star before he did that. All those movies you named are phenomenal movies. Yes, and before he changed our lives uh, with Fight Club and Seven, he, he made... He made the best music videos. Uh, it's written by Andrew Kevin Walker. It was he's first time screenwriter on this. He went on to write for Sleepy Hollow, Eight Millimeter. He just did this movie called The Pale Blue Eye that's on Netflix, which I love. Um, and he kind of was inspired by living in New York City. And we can get into it later on about where this movie even takes place. Um, but he lived there for a while and. And he eventually kind of moved to the country. So this is his experiences. The cast is Morgan Freeman as Somerset. We could just give them their last names, right? They give them, they have first names, but Mills and Somerset. Mills and Somerset. Brad Pitt is Mills. Gwyneth Paltrow is State is Tracy. Kevin Spacey is John Doe. And Ronald Lee Emery is the police captain. He's just the police captain. Him and them eyebrows. Yes. Amazing eyebrows. 
And the special effects in the movie were done by Rob Bottin, who you will know and love from The Thing and The Fog and RoboCop. So Rob Bottin is a special effects legend. Um, The soundtrack was by Howard Shore, who also did the soundtrack for Silence of the Lambs and Lord of the Rings and Ed Wood. And he's a pretty prolific, uh, you know, musician. So that's where we're at with that. And oh, we got influences. What do you, Sean, what do you think this movie was influenced by? I mean, like as far as what, like other movies or yes, just like, yeah. and uh, we can we'll get into the biblical stuff. But I don't know. I don't know. That's hard. I wasn't thinking of that really. So what's interesting about that is, don't you feel a little bit like this movie influenced a lot of other? Of course, mm-hmm. after things yeah. after, of course, even I was just watching uh, the Batman and there's a scene directly out of the Batman when they uh, find what's his fate. When they well, find we, the I have a whole fate. Batman section. Oh, I'm, I'm shutting up. I'm shutting so up. I'll I'm get to that because I, I, I wanted to say something <laughs> later, <Okay>. but <laughs> he prepared a Batman section. But yes, it, it, it influenced a lot of things after and, that. And, and, I would say its influences are, they said a lot of people listed this movie, the, in the heat of the night, a lot of film noir silence of the lambs kind of ushered in this almost horror noir genre. Okay. Uh, procedural type stuff. Now that I'm thinking of it. Yes. It does remind me of silence of the lambs. It didn't even hit me until you said it. Yeah. And it's the same, um, you know, Howard Shore did that score too. So the sound is, is pretty much the same uh, tone. But, I mean, it went on to influence just a ton of movies that we saw after it. So, I think we should head in the movie. But before we head in, we should name the seven deadly sins. Oh, I oh I have them. Check it out. I have them on the VHS tape. Oh, Sean is holding up a copy of the VHS tape. Look at that. And the front of it has the seven deadly sins. Gluttony. Greed. Sloth. Envy. Wrath, pride, and lust. There you go. And 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 that trail is the trailer on that uh, VHS. I don't think it might be. I don't know. I probably probably at the end of it or something. Yeah, I, I wonder think. if they even did that. I can't remember, but it's on the the Blu-ray that I watched, and the trailer is so nineties and so atrocious that it's hilarious with this voiceover. It just takes any of the coolness out of the movie completely. So you should check out the the trailer. So uh, ready, ready to go. I'm ready. So like you said, 95. So essentially this is kind of like pre internet, like real hardcore internet, like it is today. So there was no spoilers. There was no one like really ruining this movie before it even came out. Uh, imagine now trying to keep our character at the end of a secret. It would be goddamn near impossible. Uh, I love this movie because it's so dark, but it is very hilarious at times, which we are going to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely, I'm going to say it before we even finish it. Like, perfect movie for me. Fucking perfect movie. Anyway, so we started off. We are in Somerset's apartment. He's getting ready for work. He's got his knife, his gun, his badge, and he shows up at this crime scene, and they say it's a crime of passion. Uh, I'm going to pause you Go already. Ahead. Already Go ahead. I'm going to pause you, but there was an original opening to this the, the movie that was filmed, and it had Somerset visiting a house, they say upstate, 
and we'll get into whether it's New York or not. Uh, and there's some fl- old floral wallpaper and he cuts a piece off of that floral wallpaper and takes it with him. Now that scene was cut, but that piece of floral lo- wallpaper, when he gets his stuff ready, it's there. We see the wallpaper. We see, I think it's a wallet. We definitely see his knife that he uses later on in, in, in the movie. So that's still kind of in there, right, right there on that scene. It didn't mean anything when you first saw it, or I was like, why does he have this? You know, I didn't know it was wallpaper, but just this, you know, flower. And that's that's where that came from, the original opening. So he immediately shows up at this crime scene and they say it's a crime of passion and Somers, smart ass Somerset. Look at the passion all over that wall. Mm-hmm. He looks at the fridge, he sees art. Did the kids see it? And the cop's like, who gives a shit? What so is it? What is it with you? And he's like, we're really going to be glad when you're gone. Okay. Right. So we're establishing very early on this. This movie's on a clock too. We're we're in a tight. Everything's seven in this movie. We're on seven days. We're getting the days of the week. We're on a tight clock. This guy's on the clock, headed for retirement in one week. Um, and we establish right away that he's a nice guy. And up walks sexy Mills. <laughs> damn, damn, most handsome cop alive. Brad Pitt himself introduced himself. What's up, my Mills? Hmm. Somerset wants to hit the bar and talk. Mills is like, ah, I want to go to the precinct. There's not much time for this whole transition thing. Somerset's like, why'd you come here? Why did you get transferred here? Uh, the same reason as you before you decided to quit. And Somerset's like, what? You just met me. Pissed off. He's they're already they're already breaking each other's. And balls. they headed out into what? What's going on outside when they go outside? I mean, rain as always, another theme in this movie. But it just reminds me, I mean, I guess of that like that 80s Manhattan. Just mm. like just noise and crime and just the lowdown of the lowdown. Yes. Uh so they just met, they're already offending each other. Uh Somerset's like, you fought to get here i've never seen it done like that before (laughs) mills is like i thought i could do some good he wants to be the superhero he Uh, does super brash complete opposites yes we still have the soft-spoken and we, we get into the who's how they research the crimes later on but oil and water when we start out Mills is like, let's not start out by kicking each other in the balls. <laughs> so Somerset's like, all right, look at these streets. And he's like, Mills is like, I wasn't guarding a Taco Bell. I've worked homicide for five years. And Somerset's like, not here. Over the next five days, you better remember that. Mills is all pissed off. So we got beef. Then we cut home to Somerset. He's in bed. It's raining. Dude's yelling out in the street. Just madness. Like, like Tom Hanks in Big, when he had the window open and they were yelling and fighting. You see Big? Great movie. Tom Hanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this psycho, this homicidal maniac, Somerset, goes to bed using a metronome. In my I mean, mind, I, in my mind, he's the real psychopath in this whole movie. But like, maybe the rhythm if if you focus on the rhythm of no, that sound i i that i put that's like a that's mental institution stuff like how do you you can't go to 
if if you go to sleep using a metronome, I want to hear about it at In Madness Pod on the socials, please. <laughs> you two are a psychopath if you go to sleep using a metronome. I don't Quite own no- a, I don't own a metro. Do you own a metronome? I mean, you could probably get one on on Spotify or whatever. No, I have a white noise machine, my earplugs, and my melatonins. That's- oh, so you do, but you you have a white noise machine. Yeah, but that's steady. I can't go to bed to. But that is steady. No, no, that's insanity is what that is. That's not steady. <laughs> so then we cut to our intro, which is a bunch of creepy images. The most amazing, this opening main title sequence is absolutely amazing. They they brought in this guy, Kyle Cooper, uh, who, who specializes in this. He, he's referred to as the Da Vinci of main titles. And... I don't know. This thing after they did this was probably copied a hundred times. Imagine the size of your clout when someone calls you that. Yeah. Could you imagine being the Da Vinci of art? I mean, that's Da Vinci. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? Uh, Yeah. yeah. But yes, the Da Vinci of main title sequences. I mean, it's very specific, but I think I would get a business card. If we're in the nineties, we're still having business cards. I'd have a business card that said, you know da vinci of main title sequences um you could call yourself the da vinci of something if you wanted sean i don't think you could call yourself i think somebody has to like i'll call it to you that all right that counts that counts something and i'll call you i'll call you that and it and the music in it is a remix version of closer by nine inch nails which is it's so like extreme and just pulsating just like close i mean it is it's it's a remix but it's so like more disturbing if that's even possible but essentially it is our main character doing all of the things that happen in this movie yes he's writing in his book cutting pieces of film reading books we never see him we only see these messed up hands and mm-hmm. everything he's doing in this intro is part of the movie and they sp- apparently they spent like fifteen thousand dollars making John Doe's books, and and filling them all out. So that that's pretty amazing. They've got to live. They've got to live somewhere. I think oh. there was copies of it. This of this on. I think it was like a special Blu-ray version that had a small book that came with it. I would pay cash money for one of them steno notebooks or whatever the hell they were. The uh, I forgot what they were called. The sterling notebooks with the it, black yeah whatever they are is that how you take your notes no no and i need to upgrade the way i take my notes the way i take my notes is absolutely like caveman-esque i get i need to figure this process out better because you're a posted guy aren't you yeah yeah i got them right here they're everywhere yeah, it's ridiculous but no even i'm sitting on my phone and i'm like why am i not doing i'm an idiot so we cut it's monday we got our first day <laughs> we got mills and his wife in bed mills is getting ready for work it's crazy loud out it's annoying outside like Manhattan. That's what I wrote in my notes. It's very much like Manhattan, even now. And his wife is not stoked about it. Tracy, I'm sorry. I'm going to call her, try and call her by name. Tracy is not stoked about it. And then we cut to Mills in the pouring rain, holding these cups of coffee. Like a dope. Yes. Somerset's getting his gloves out of his trunk. So they show up at this crime scene. And this cop is like, everything inside is how we found it. Nothing's been touched. Somerset's like, what's the time of death? And the cop's like, like I said, nothing has been touched. But he's had his face in a plate of spaghetti for about 45 minutes now. (laughs) So Mills gets pissed. He starts arguing with the cops. So that's how it's done around here, huh? The cop's like, excuse me, sir. 
This guy's been sitting in a pile of his own shit and piss. If he was alive, he would have stood up by now. Mm. Phenomenal line. So many phenomenal lines in this movie. They go in the house. Somerset's like, what was the point of the conversation you were about to get into? They just still, like, they, they love chewing at each other. Yes, and Somerset is the, the, the dad, the father figure in this. And he, he sees where Mills is headed. The whole time and, and and maybe and at the end especially and and maybe he was mills at one point maybe, yes. and and learn to kind of get over that uh brashness uh, mills like doesn't the- make friends very quickly i don't think no no and being that uh somerset's nickname is smiley i think he uh made a lot of friends we'll get into that later <laughs> i promise so they check the house. There's roaches everywhere. The place stinks. There's this big, enormous, morbidly obese man. He's face down in a plate of spaghetti. Yeah, and they and they when they film this, there's somebody in that plate of spaghetti, and they had to use kind of like this scuba setup so that he could breathe while he was sitting there. And they were doing the takes. And you mentioned the roaches. They. The the whole set was wrapped in plastic, and there was a cockroach wrangler who brought the cockroaches on set. Apparently, Brad Pitt mentions in one of the commentaries that he was very stressed out. And I imagine that's kind of a stressful job, wrangling cockroaches. Would you rather be the Da Vinci of opening titles Oh boy! or the cockroach wrangler? Oh, yeah, the Da Vinci of opening titles. A- absolutely. Both pretty sweet business cards. Everybody... You might a lot of people might need a cockroach wrangler, but nobody's hanging out with the cockroach wrangler. Listen, you imagine being the cockroach wrangler and you're like, hey, you want to come hang out with Brad Pitt and uh Somerset for a day? Hell yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. So quickly we get a shot of Somerset, his flashlight grazes over a stack of pasta sauce cans stacked very neatly when this whole house is a wreck, so it's very odd looking. They're thinking maybe it's a heart attack. Somerset looks down and this big man's feet are wrapped to the chair. It looks like with barbed wire, I think. And the camera zooms up and his hands are tied up under the table as well. When I first saw that, I didn't realize that was pasta sauce. I thought it was like like SpaghettiOs type, type thing. Because this makes it even crazier that he's made pasta. John Doe has made pasta and set this whole thing up where I thought it was just the SpaghettiOs in a can that you could just dump out. And that know. would have been the easier way to do it, I think. Yes. Yeah. Cause you can't you just, you got to actually cook the pasta. Yeah. What a pain in yeah, the ass. Like, how far did he cook it? Was it out He's, you he's know? methodical. He's patient. Worst of all, he's patient. Did he set a timer to make yeah. sure it cooked perfectly? Yeah. 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 The ticker. So Mills starts telling Somerset this story about one of his old jobs. The Somerset's like, can you please shut up? So he's inspecting the bruises on the back of this big man's head. And Mills finds a bucket. He takes a look. He jumps away. Oh, it's vomit. Oh, smart ass Somerset. Any Somerset. blood in it? He's like, ah, oh, no, I didn't take time to look. So he's like, uh, Mills, go question the neighbors outside. Mills gets pissed. He shines his light in Somerset's face for a second. And then he eventually walks outside. 
He sent the kid outside to go play. Yep. He's like, get out of here. The adults are working. And then the doc pulls up the big man's head. You get a clear shot of this dude's face. He's dead. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> the dialogue in this movie is phenomenal. You cut to the guys riding back to the station. Mills is pissed. You see my files. You know what I've done? <laughs> Summer said again. Nope. <laughs> he don't care. And this this scene is so rainy. But it looks like, and it, it, this is one of the only parts that pulls me out of the movie, that they had some big rain tower that's putting all the rain onto the car. But if you look past the car, it looks like every, everything else is fine. They're just spraying water at this car. Also, when, at the end, when they're, when they're taking their, their last ride, uh, it is pouring, but the sun is shining right into the car on the camera. Yes. And it, it also kind of, but like, I like it because it's this weird world because we don't know if it's Manhattan. It's this weird place. We got these weird people, these weird killers. It's raining. The sun's out. It just so cats we'll and dogs, you know, it's the Ghostbusters thing. We'll never get through this episode if I keep stopping you. No, go ahead. Who cares? But, this is going to be a long one. Be warned. But since you brought up, we don't know where we are. So they never they never say New York City at all. They, they don't show anything that's a, no location. that I can think of. Uh, it feels like it could be New York. You would and, imagine at the end they're going like upstate or something, wherever that is. Yeah. Yes. But... um my mind and this is the wonderfulness of the internet because you can come up with your own theory and you'll find at least 10 other people who have the same theory as you um when to like what if this is gotham city ah, right and and and, and mm, john doe is just another villain and is another villain and and somerset you know goes on and changes his name to lucius fox and works for <laughs> bruce wayne in the nolan batman movies what black hole did you slip into well, on the internet this, at the end of the movie he says oh i'll be around hey all right <laughs> right i I, yeah. I know i jumped all the way if you don't know this movie from 1995 i, I don't know what so happened <sighs> there's also an fbi guy in here who takes a bribe He's the same guy who was a in cop. Batman. In Batman. <laughs> so maybe he left the FBI. We're and really jumping ahead. Police. But it could be John Doe feels very much like a Batman villain. And then the next step I went with is you mentioned the Batman, the, the recent version. The Batman is this movie. Yeah, the Riddler is the John. Riddler Doe. is yeah. He yeah. he even turns himself. He lets himself get caught. He turns himself in. There's so much of this that parallels the Batman. Yes, a hundred percent. So that's where I ended up, Sean. I ended <laughs> up my man, my man. That's why I love you. This Mills could be like, the prequel to yeah. the Nolan Batman yeah. series. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mills is like, I've done this door-to-door crap for a long time. I'm a detective just like you. Summer says, like, I'm doing my damn job. I'm not worried about if you're mad and your feelings. Hmm. We cut to the autopsy room. We got our big man on the table. Cut open with the Y. The Y cut in his chest for the autopsy. Yeah. It's like he's been dead a long time, and it's not poison. He picks up this huge sack. Big, big, big sack. Uh, it's the guy's stomach. 
Mm-hmm. He's explaining what happened to Mills and Somerset. And Mills is like, I do not understand a word you're saying. The coroner's like, his interior walls were ripped open. Somerset's like, this guy ate till he burst. And coroner's like, eh, sort of. He was hemorrhaging. And Mills is like, so he did die by eating. Well, yes and no. Talk about a frustrating coroner. Yeah. Mills is confused as hell. They spot the bruise on the back of his head. Uh, think it's a gun pressed against his head. Ladies and gentlemen, we got ourselves a homicide. <laughs> Somerset just stares at Mills. So then we cut back to the guys at the precinct. The killer took his time. He could have gone. This could have gone on for more than 12 hours. Uh, he definitely passed out. The killer kicked him and he burst it open. And we get our first meeting with the police captain and his yes. magnificent eyebrows. It seems like, but it seems like Somerset already knows that like something's up. He's like, you don't kill someone like this unless the act itself has meaning. Yes. And he, and he's just thinking, I got a week left. And, and now I'm, he knows himself probably well enough to know he's not going to let, be able to let this go. The theme that I'm going to stick to for this is he loves this shit. Yes. That's all I'll say. So then we got Arlie Army, yes, and his eyebrows, our captain. He's like, shut up. There's no way someone had beef with the fat man, and that's it. <laughs> Somerset's like, there were two receipts. That means the killer stopped, took a second trip to the market. This is only beginning. And they're both like, ah, shut up, Somerset. What do you know? What did he buy at the market? Uh, probably spaghetti. Or probably but those more cans look like they were stored by... You think he stored him in there? I always thought that it was the guy who lived there. Just no, I think he went out and bought all them and, them and stocked them all up in those. Yeah, shows. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's a pretty obsessive, weird guy. Yeah, uh, Somerset. He's like, he's like, I want to be reassigned. And <laughs> Mills and our captain are like, what? He's like, I can't end like this. It's just gonna go on forever. And captain's like, you're retiring in six days. Uh, Somerset also says this should not be Mills' first assignment. It's too soon. And Mills is like, what? Get out of here. <laughs> He's like, give it to me. Somerset, you can go fuck off. The chief refuses. He tells Mills he's putting him on something else. So now everybody's mad. Chief puts Somerset on the case to solve the big man's murder. Yeah. Tuesday. And then Tuesday, we cut to the newspapers on the stand. Defense, defense attorney murdered. Right. And did you notice some of the other, there's a couple. There's a couple of them. All the the one I wrote down was defense attorney murdered. So there's a couple funny headlines on there. There's a housekeeper held hostage by child's possessed gerbil. Three days of terror. It says (laughs) there was another one. It's neighbors. Beagle scares a teen cures eight year bout with hiccups that's that's very simpsons-esque there's a lot of simpsons episodes where they'll show like a newspaper with the headline article and then they'll uh. show the sub articles and it's something it's very silly i get and it's 1995 these are prime simpsons years right here i yeah. guarantee you that's that's some simpsons a little a little levity to a pretty heavy movie so far yeah and there's a lot more to come there's a lot more to come this is so well done this movie they don't make them like this anymore folks so we see the newspapers the defense attorney murdered and then we see the district attorney he's getting mobbed by the media and the uh, downstairs in the lobby 
The media spots Mills. He runs away into the apartment where we have yet another murder. Mills shows up to the scene, puts on the TV. The DA is doing his interview in the lobby. <laughs> they have assured me they have their very best men on this. This will. How do they good. know Mills already? They who the the new guys? The reporter. She calls out to him. Uh, cause, cause, like, I mean, he, he I, did he have his badge out? He kind of, I think he went behind. He was able to mm-hmm. scoop behind. I think did they just call him by Mills? I don't think they just no, know he was a cop. Detective, yeah, yeah. I think they just knew he was a cop and they wanted answers. Um, the DA's like, this will be the definition of swift justice, and Mills is stressed now, under a lot of pressure. He turns off the TV, and then we get the shot from above. The floor is soaked in blood, and mm-hmm. it says greed in big letters. There's blood everywhere, puddles of blood on two sides of the room. There's a scale with blood on it. And then Mills notices a picture of this dead man's wife, and there's blood circled around the eyes. Very Joker-esque. That Very is- Joker that you'd paint on something. It would be the smile for the Joker, but in this case... Or yeah. even, or even Riddler, because it didn't in the in the early uh, uh, Adam West episodes. Didn't Riddler just have like the eye mask? Yeah, and hey. we're getting we're, we're getting more. See, I'm gonna by the time we're done, I'm gonna have you convinced. I am. You already can, when you said it before, you already blew my mind. But I already knew because there were parts in the Batman that yes reminded me of this. But essentially, the this Batman is was. a Gotham PD movie. So we cut back to the precinct. We got Somerset at his desk and he's typing with his pointer fingers only because like mm. I said, he's a psychopath. And there, and there is a man there that's scraping his name off the door. Yes. So we get a clue that he, he's going to be out of there soon. He's about and to be out. The fun little bit on that is that guy is George Christie, who was a famous writer for the Hollywood reporter. So they, they have a little cameo there for him. He is an absolutely adorable old man. Uh, Chief Emery comes in with his eyebrows and he tells him, Eli Gould, the attorney, has been murdered. He wrote greed on the floor. And Somerset immediately stops typing because this dude loves this shit. He gets mad because the janitor's scraping his name off. He's like, could you please not do that? And then the, the I love I didn't even know until I recently watched it that the guy goes, oh, OK, and like scurries away. He's adorable. Right. And then later on, we see the door again and it says Mills like he came back and finished what he what he had to do. It's also Somerset typing on a typewriter. It, this whole movie doesn't. You're not able to tell what year it is in this movie. And I think they play with that a little bit, the film noir aspect of it. And I think that's great. He has a typewriter. I mean, there are computers. There's computers all over the rest of the office. But he's old school and he's in his office typing away with two fingers. I don't type much better than that, to be honest with you. I mean, then you're both psychos. You, you got to go. Yeah, use your little digits. You can do that. You can put the hands down and on. I was uh, and... in, in uh, I think, seventh or eighth grade. I had the, the record for the highest typing word per minute in the class. Wow. Yeah, really? I'm, I'm, I'm gnarly with it. I'm so gnarly. so I they, they'll give you the gnarly bit since you told me that. I think it was seventh grade where I failed typing busted and i was told by the teacher that i would never get a job because <laughs> I texting. look at she you know i wasn't she didn't know i was gonna draw things yeah yeah yeah, so that's yeah awesome. i don't need the type for this you dumbass 
The chief's like, what the hell are you going to do when you retire? Somerset's like, I'm going to go live on a farm. The chief's like, there's no way you're leaving this. He's thinking what I'm thinking. Somerset loves this shit. Somerset tells his awful story. There was a guy walking his dog. He gets robbed, stabbed in both eyes. This was last night, four blocks from here. I don't understand this place anymore. The chief's still not buying into it. Also, the coroner's office sent this jar, little pieces of plastic. They were fed to the guy. Again, Somerset stops typing. He's intrigued because he loves this shit. He goes back to the house and you hear kids outside, which makes it even creepier because you know a murder happened like right there, which is crazy. Yes, uh, and they're just outside hanging out. And he uses his switchblade to cut through the... To cut through, but I feel like I got some Reservoir Dogs from that because there's that scene of Reservoir Dogs where he goes outside to get the stuff when he's killing the cop and you hear the kids playing and mm-hmm. he comes back and it's got that weird vibe that murder is happening and children are playing right next to you getting murdered. There is something to broad daylight stuff that f- freaks me out. We'll get to it whenever we get to Halloween. Is this right famous scene in there that really just freaks me out because it's broad daylight and everything's supposed to be under control when it's is it that one right yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pick it up, vertebrae 33. Pow, pow. Uh, Somerset looks around, he's looking around in the, the big man's apartment. He notices scratches in the floor by the fridge. He opens the jar with the pieces in it and they fit into the dents in the floor. It's like our killer is leaving a map, he's always one step ahead. Somerset pulls back the fridge. Written on the back is gluttony with a note nailed to the wall. It's written in grease, I think. Gluttony. Yeah, I think it's like grease. Uh, it's nailed to the wall, and Somerset is not stoked. He rips the note off the wall, goes back to the chief mills. This is beginning. There are seven deadly sins, Captain. Gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, pride, lust. And then he turns to Mills and goes, envy. Which I was like, okay. You, <laughs> after watching it a hundred times. So a call comes in. The captain picks up the phone. He's like, this is not even my desk. And he slams the phone down. One of the best lines in a movie ever. <laughs> Somerset's like, expect five more of these. I cannot get involved with this. He's like, give it to Mills. He wants it. He's like, I'm all over it. He cut the Somerset in his apartment. He's chucking his knife at his dartboard. Uh, but he's thinking, he's thinking. So he runs out, he grabs a cab, and he sees a body laying in the street. Cab driver's like, where are you heading? Far away from here. Hmm. Hmm. Shows up at the library, and we got the coolest security crew ever. Yes. They're all boys with Somerset. They're all upstairs hanging out. They call Somerset Smiley. So I'm like, oh, at one point, this dude was, he had to be. Unless they was like a, a joke because he never, ever smiled. But I'd like to think that they called him Smiley. Oh, maybe it's an ironic yeah, name. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. I'd like to think he was up there playing poker with the boys. But he's too he's too knowledgeable, I guess. I, I think he, he was probably smart enough, too, to talk to people and get things he needs and make friends at the library and and places so he was probably he seems like he could be charming he scolds the boys i'll never understand it a world of knowledge at your fingertips and what do you do you play poker all night 
The guys mm-hmm. are laughing at them. They're like, we got culture coming out our ass. I love that. <laughs> they put on this beautiful orchestral music. And then we get our montage. Of books, Sean. We get books. Uh, some, and we get everything. We get Somerset doing his research. Right. So we get this juxtaposition of the two of them. Yep. Somerset's doing his deep research. He he went to the library at night and, and is reading these books that are like super hard to read now. And Mills is looking at what's there, just what's in front of him, the crime scene photos and just what's there. So it's the two of them playing off of each other. And I, I I did some reading and some research for this. And, you know, one of the books they show is Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, which is written in 1387. So certainly not an easy read to read late night at a library. 24 stories told with this framing device of a pilgrimage to a shrine. And they kind of engage in this in this storytelling contest on the trip. Then there's uh, Dante's Divine Comedy, which a lot of this movie comes from the section of Dante's Inferno. Um, and that's a narrative poem. It's like on the state of the soul after death. So you would travel through hell, purgatory, heaven. It's considered the greatest literary. literary ugh, I, I messed up the word literary. Amazing. Ha, ha, look at that. Amazing. How illiterate, how illiterate we are. Do not cut that out. Um, written in Italian. And the illustrations that they show are are by Gustave Doré, a French artist and printmaker. They were created in 1855. So the book comes out and many years later, these are created. And, you know, it it all builds around to the seven deadly sins and stuff like that. There's all I said stuff like that, which I'm not supposed to say. I call myself there. They don't show it here, but there's a lot of Milton's Paradise Lost in this is in this as well, which is this like epic biblical poem about the fall of man and Adam and Eve being tempted by the fallen angel Satan and being kicked out of the garden of Eden. That one I have read. I own it. It's sitting over here on my desk. I I looked through it for this, uh, even though they don't directly address it, but this stuff is heavy. If you're sitting in a library at, I I don't know, it's midnight, one o'clock in the morning and you're reading Chaucer's Canterbury tales. Like he's not giving up on this case. We know that already, but he's really not giving because now he's doing the book work too. Because he loves this shit. He's looking at the pages. He's getting an image in our killer's head. Like he's taking a glimpse through his eyes. Uh, he makes Mills this huge list of books to check out. Makes him a seven deadly sins packet. He would have got an A plus on this in school. <laughs> The guards upstairs are like, you know, Smiley, you're going to miss us. And he goes, I just might. A lot of emotion there. He goes, he drops the packet on Mill's desk. Wednesday. Surprise, surprise, it's raining. Hmm. Mills runs to his car. He's reading these books. He's pissed because he does not understand a goddamn thing. He doesn't know what it has to do with anything. He hates poetry. He gives a knock at his window. It's a cop. He gives him the cliff notes of these books so he can understand what the hell is going on. And that absolutely dates the movie. Did they even still make cliff cliff notes? I mean, it was a 90s thing, definitely. So, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, no, I'm sure it was before the '90s too. But I remember getting Cliff Notes for things when I was in school. Oh, you oh, did you? So oh. that's what I wanted to ask you: is if you used Cliff Notes? Oh yeah, they had that. My mom put me on the Cliff Notes because I didn't really? know. She's like, you know, you can get Cliff because that's probably what my mom used in my mom's day. Uh, so yeah, then I learned about Cliff Notes. I think they had them at the library, and it was like, it's like this book for dummies, essentially. Right. Well, so I laughed did, when I saw and, them. I was like, ha, my man. <laughs> And give you a glimpse into my childhood. My my father was a high school English teacher, so there were no cliff notes. In, oh in yeah, strict. I'm sure. I I had to read it. And now, what am I doing? All this research for a podcast is kind yeah. of funny. But but uh, reading Paradise Milton's Paradise Lost at one o'clock in the morning, about the same time he was reading, you know, uh, Divine Comedy and Canterbury Tales. So we cut back to Mills, the precinct. He opens his door with his name on it because the guy went and finished the job. And there's Somerset sitting at his desk. It's essentially Somerset's desk, but now it's Mills' desk. Whoops. So he moves. He lets Mills sit at the desk, the changing of the guard. Uh, And Somerset takes this tiny kid's desk on the side. It's pretty funny. Hmm. This is a very funny scene. All of this scene. This lightens up what is going to become an incredibly dark movie absolutely yeah um so mills is putting his stuff away he hides his cliff notes in the desk so somerset doesn't see it uh the phone rings and no one's picking it up and he's like uh somerset's like it's a package deal it comes with the office <laughs> cracking jokes on each other mills answers it's tracy his wife she wants to talk to somerset he's like what he gives the phone to somerset who's also like what he talks very politely. He hangs up and there's silence. Mills is like, well, Somerset's like, oh, I've been invited to dinner at your house tonight. And Mills is like, what? How? So then we cut to the boys. They're meeting Mills' wife. Mills is rolling. Brad around. Pitt was dating at the time. Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad Pitt were dating. when. They... Oh, they were dating in this movie? This Brad Pitt? Yeah, when they filmed Doesn't this he movie. date like every chick that he's in a movie with? Maybe. He's Brad Pitt, man. We cut to the boys. They meet Mills' wife. Mills is rolling around in this dirty, pissy newspaper with the dogs. That was gross. What if there was poop in there? There has to be. I mean, why do you put the papers down otherwise? I mean, and how big is his apartment? Not only one giant dog, but two? Like, crazy. But they never tell us where they moved from. Right, probably somewhere a lot nicer than this crappy hellhole they're in. And, uh, and I'm thinking it may be a bigger, uh, like a big house, or just yeah, I'm sure a yard, and it wasn't. Yep. Somerset's talking to Mill's wife, and she's like, "He's the funniest guy I've ever met." And Somerset takes a long ass look at him, and he's like, "Really?" <laughs> Still breaking each other's balls. So then we cut to after dinner. Somerset's talking about why he's not married. He says he's very disagreeable. He's hard to get along with. Mm. Uh, he's been living here for too long. He asked them how they like living there. She hates it. You could just tell. Mills is like, it takes some time. Take some time. Mm-hmm. Somerset goes, you get numb to it after a while, which is just so cold. And then the house starts shaking. The dogs <laughs> are barking. Glasses shaking. It's the subway. Turns out the real estate guy showed him the place for five minutes at a time. And Somerset's like, you got a soothing, relaxing, vibrating home. (laughs) 
they start laughing like crazy, but uh, Mills is laughing, but not as much. He's like, kind of like, oh, okay, okay, okay. He he can't completely let his guard down. He's running and gunning. He's going to be the next great detective. This old guy needs to get out of my way. And he can't completely let his, his guard down in this situation. Somerset's laugh is what makes me think he was smiley because of that. I like mm-hmm. to think that that was him with those dudes playing poker. Like, and when he had a better life before humanity crushed him as a human being. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even think of that. So they call him smiley. And then we do see him smile once for the the one time in this movie, because the rest, he is a bummer. Uh, But he's, he's still one of the best, Uh, but But now they're probably the last time we smile in the movie too. So yeah, we're right now. I can just, I got a couple laugh emojis throughout here. I put a laugh emoji when I remember things are funny. Nice. Uh, so they shared a nice moment. Now they're homies. So cut to after supper. They're working in the living room. They're talking about the dead defense lawyer, Eli Gould. The body was found Tuesday. The office was closed Monday. The killer could have been there since Friday. He handed the lawyer a butcher knife and he had to put one pound of flesh onto the scale. So we cut off his love handles because what's the most expendable part of the body, baby? <laughs> Pound Shop. of flesh. Oh, very, yeah. very that. biblical. Yeah. Yeah. Very biblical. Uh, Somerset says there's the trick to doing this is you find one thing, one detail, you focus on it till you've exhausted it. So Somerset like Mills at goes and gets a beer and he brings yep. a giant glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> which so- which Somerset doesn't notice till later. He picks it up and like looks at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Somerset's staring at the pictures and he just yells, he's preaching. The sins used to be used in medieval sermons as teaching tools. And Mills goes like, yeah, like in Dante. Hmm. Somerset's like, you read them. He's super impressed. Now they're homies. Now they're friends. And then Mills goes, yeah, parts. He, he sho- shoves at it because, you know, he did, he, he read the, the cliff notes. Yeah, he was he was super excited to 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 mention something to get some credit for reading it. I mean, they're helping each other. It's I like I like how they learn from each other throughout the movie. We'll get to that. I promise. These sermons were about atonement for sins. These murders are like forced attrition when you regret your sins, but not because you love God, because you got a gun in your face. Somerset's like, there was no fingerprints. And Mills is like, I've had enough. I'm going to bed. Good night. And Somerset's like, nah, this is just for my curiosity. I'm still leaving at the end of the week. Out of curiosity, because like I said a million times, he loves this shit. So Mills is like, oh, wait. He pulls out the pick, the wife, the blood around the eyes. He's like, why is there blood around the eyes? Has she seen something? What if it's something she's supposed to see? Somerset's like, I don't know, but that's the one thing. Hmm. So then Mill's wife wakes up alone. We got this really sad music, this poor girl, this eerie feeling around her, super quiet, super lonely, this bad, crappy neighborhood. The boys left. They went to the safe house to check on Eli Gould's wife, who they got under police supervision. They're showing her the crime scene photos with trusty post-it notes over Eli Gould's dead body, which I loved. 
Well, you're crazy about post-it notes. So yeah, weird. I like that they covered his dead body with the post-it notes. And they're <laughs> like, Have you, does anything look out of place? And she's freak. She's freaking out looking at these pictures. Could you imagine holding crime scene photos of your significant other? And they're like, look at it. Tell us what's different. Horrible. Oh, but then she goes, oh, wait. And then everybody jumps. This painting is upside down. This abstract painting, which I wasn't sure whether it was right side up or upside down, she knows is upside down in all her grief. So we cut to the boys back in the apartment. They're grabbing the painting off the wall. There's nothing there. Killer's always one step ahead. But he removed the screws to rehang it. They can't find a goddamn thing. Mills is pissed. Somerset climbs up on the desk and he starts dusting the wall and boom, we got fingerprints on the wall. Somerset's like, call the lab. We get the lab guy there. He's blasting the dust, dust prints with the air gun to get a good reading on it. And as he's doing it, he lets out, like, I love his acting in this. He just goes, oh man. (laughs) Dreadful delivery, flawlessly executed. Mills whispers to Somerset, he's like, honestly, have you ever seen anything like this in your life? Somerset's like, nope. And in fingerprints on the wall, it says, help me. Yes. And this is this is pretty common with serial killers to leave clues for things to sometimes even reach out for help when they're committing these crimes. So this is. This framework is based off of a lot of stories and research that they did. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? I I don't remember the exact first time. I, I struggle with that. You've asked me on other shows and, and some of my... I don't remember either. I just wanted to know if you did. Sometimes I do. <clears throat> I wonder if I... 95... I would say I probably rented it from Blockbuster. I'm thinking I rented it. Loved it and then bought it. I I probably went there 20 times to get it on a Friday and it was always out. And then you'd get your backup movie. But I I don't think I saw it in the 95. I could have seen the theater. I don't think I saw it in the theater though. But VHS is interesting. I wonder what it looks, how much is cut off and how much you miss on the VHS. Anytime you want to come over and watch it, man, I got popcorn. My couch is comfortable. We'll have a little mandate. It'll be adorable. I mean, there it is, right? We could do a live podcast while we watch this. While we do it. Why the hell not do it? Jump on the in madness IG. Let's see ideas develop. Let's discuss. Let's discuss. We'll write that in our notepad. It's just us laughing, eating popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. We'll do. Yeah. We'll do uh, a commentary. We're basically doing it right now. The print guy goes, I could tell uh, by the pattern, this is not the victim's fingerprints. So we got someone else's fingerprints. Our boys are sitting in the computer room with the guy running all the prints through the database. Mills and Summer said are talking crap to each other about psychopaths, just annoying this guy in the print lab. And he's like, I've seen this take three days. So hey, get uh, out, guys. Yeah, get maybe out. you want to go hang out somewhere else. <laughs> and they look at each other like he's telling us to screw off. So they sit on the couch outside. Somerset's like, you you really meant what you said when you told Ms. Gould we're, we're going to catch this guy. I wish I felt the same as you. And Mills is like, what the hell do you think we're doing? We're mm-hmm. cops. We're going to solve this. 
Somerset's been on this job long enough. He's like, we're just picking up pieces, collecting evidence, taking pictures and samples, writing everything down, file it away on the off chance it'll ever be needed in the courtroom. He's over this life, but he's making pretend because he really loves this. Shit. He's not over this life no. at all. He, he He's acting like that for his own protection, maybe in this situation, so he can go away, retirement, try to feel okay in front of other people but if he gets to that house upstate or wherever it is he's going to be bored instantly and before you know it he's going to be at the local five and dime trying to find out what kids stole bubble gum out of the machine i don't don't think he can help himself he'll he'll learn soon because the student will become the teacher eventually uh mills doesn't want to hear it he's like don't try to tell me you didn't get a rush tonight we are getting somewhere Thursday, we cut to the boys. They're dead asleep on the couch on each other. Pretty funny. Yeah. Mills is laying with his mouth open, wide open. He's laying on Somerset. The office is loud. It's bumping. The phones are ringing. The keyboards are clacking. People are walking by. The doors are slamming. Uh, So then our chief, Ermy, with his big eyebrows, he comes storming out. Wake up. We got him. What? Excuse me? How? It's too early in the movie. He's given the rundown to the SWAT team. This guy, Victor, his prints were found at the scene. This is the guy whose prints were on the wall. Yes. Long, long history of mental illness, strict religious upbringing, dabbled in drugs and robbery. Defense lawyer, defense attorney was Eli Gould. Everything's connected. And on the, they show the paper. He was implicated in three homicides. He escaped. He was serving a 40-year sentence, and he escaped. Um, and he has tattoos, uh, airborne ranger tattoo on his left arm, geisha girl, and a rose tattoo. That's a Dropkick Murphy song. Mills and Somerset don't buy it. They're like, our killer seems to have more of a purpose. All the cars are rolling out, the tearing ass through the streets. Mills and Somerset talk about getting shot and shooting people. Mills is like, I killed the guy once, but he cannot remember his name for the life of him. Did you think for a second that this was our guy? No, I, th- I thought it was too early in the movie. Too early. Yeah, We're too early. 50 um, minutes in or so, there's no yeah, way. There's he's, no way we he's weaving his web. It's it's so sick. This was like my my saw of the 90s, with like how it just blew my mind how it was happening. <laughs> uh, they show up at the house, the SWAT guys rush in, and the one dude comes up behind them. SWAT team goes before dicks. somerset's like they love this which is ironic because somerset loves this absolutely they ram the door open clear the house looks like a crack house they find a room with like a thousand car air fresheners hanging from the ceiling we see a bed there's something in it but it's covered they point their guns they're like get up we got silence we got no answer they remove the blanket and there's victor He's gross. Oh, he looks dead. He's I mean, he looks dead. He's covered in in like drug sores, tourniquets all over his body. His hand is missing. And the SWAT team, the SWAT team, who's like rough and tough and tumble SWAT team, they are freaking the hell out. He's like, it looks like a wax sculpture. And it does. It looks gross. Uh, And written on the wall in what looks like it's shit is sloth. Mill sees a box of pictures. This picture is dated three days ago. Ooh. 
365 photos. The first one was from a year ago that day. He's building, he's building this up. Obviously, he doesn't know he's headed towards Mills as his coup de gras, but he's headed somewhere with it and hoping he has people that'll play along with him. And Mills is like, he's laughing at us. And the SWAT guy gets up in Victor's face and he's like, you got what you deserved. Uh-huh. Victor is alive. Victor is alive. Everyone is freaking out. And a jump scare. We get a jump scare. That scared the piss out of me. Because uh, I thought that I didn't know what this kind of movie was going to be. Like when I got it, I didn't know if it was like a horror movie or whatever, a jump scare movie. So I thought it was going to be all of that. And the fact that that was like the one mm-hmm. uh, that was I like it. It was just like a little tribute to it, which was beautiful. So Mills and Summer said they're hanging out outside of the room. Mills is pissed that they're being screwed around with. A guy comes up in the stairwell and starts taking pictures of Mills. Mills is pissed. He's like, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. Chases the guy away. And the guy's yelling. And he has this sort of like what? It's like a Boston accent, right? Mm-hmm. And Mills is like, how, he asked Somerset. He's like, how do they get here quick? They pay police and they pay well. And he tells him his name, Mills, and spells it out for him, too. M-I-L-L-S. Yep. yep. So I wonder if that helps him do his research on his life at that moment detective mills and then whoever he's been paying for information gives him more information on him i I think he had it i don't know do you i think he had it planned out before that he seems too put together to be but he he couldn't have planned mills because this is a year in advance yeah true true and he yeah and he was and he's only you're right you're right you're right got there yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. So he definitely knew he needed a patsy. He needed mm-hmm. somebody. Okay. And maybe this, maybe he knew Somerset. No, you're right. This is uh, Mills was brand new. Yeah, he was probably going along. That's that's wild. Maybe he did know Somerset, and and he's like, this guy will research. This guy will play along with me, yeah. and maybe I, I can pull somebody else in. So we cut to Victor in the hospital. He's in the ICU. And the doc says an antibiotic was administered to him while he was being tortured to keep the bed sores from infecting. And Mills is like, as he tried to speak, and the doc's like, even if his brain wasn't mush, which it is, he chewed off his tongue long ago. Somerset's like, will he live? And the doc's like, he'd die a shock right now if you shined a flashlight in his eyes. He's experienced more pain than anyone I've ever witnessed. And he still has hell to look forward to. And then he walks off and leaves. At that point, what are you thinking? I don't know. I don't know where we're headed because I didn't know this movie. My mind was all over the place. Were you thinking anything suspicious suspicious about that doctor? Because he said hell and because he was so cold? I, that, when I I remember the first time I saw it, at that point, I was like, oh, it's him. Because I'm I'm simple. I'm slow. I'm stupid. I don't know. I actually, there was a little while where I, 
I, this sounds ridiculous, but I, I was wondering about Mills or Somerset. If they were the guy. For a little bit. I was like, this would be really twisted. If you're listening to this episode, what the hell did you think was going on at this point? Let us know at In Madness Pod on all the socials. But uh, I never thought of the doctor. I that's just I was just looking for a clue when the second he said hell, I was like, Oh, that's our guy. Yeah. I'm I think like, I'm just another I'm a, I'm a detective too. Look at me. I made the connection. I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, you do type really good, so you have that part yeah. now. I would that's what I would be doing for I'd be Somerset's intern. That's what I would be. Amazing. He'd be like, type this for me. Do you, is this a good point to ask? Do you have a Morgan Freeman impression? <laughs> and it was at that point he found out. I don't know. That's like the TikTok thing or something. I don't know. I'm also <laughs> terribly sick, if you can't already tell. But yeah, my Morgan Freeman isn't on point. Oh, did we write down Lucy on our list? Have you ever seen Lucy? I've never seen Lucy. Oh, my God. All right. This is my reminder. I'm not taking it out of this episode. We have to do lucy anyway we cut the somerset back but wait home. i think I, i'm gonna try my hand at a morgan go freeman go ahead oh yeah go ahead <clears throat> let's see let's see if i can do it it was a long day and a dark night dante's divine comedy was on the bookshelf sean was laughing away as he typed quietly on his typewriter no man ever typed that good if you could see Sean, he's just dying laughing right now. We, we just, this is the point where we just killed Sean. Oh man, that was fucking phenomenal. Very good. <laughs> that was really good. I needed that laugh. My face is red. I just hurt Sean. Oh, that was awesome. That was very good. Um, we're gonna we gotta do more. Every, every time we do a movie now with Morgan Freeman, you gotta break out one of those. That's how, that's how we open every. Yeah. Oh, that's how we're gonna open every Morgan Freeman. You're gonna open them. Filmed yeah. in 1995. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah, that's what you get for doing a good job. You know, you get to do it even more. Uh, we cut the summer. Said he's back home. The phone's ringing. It's Tracy. It's Mill's wife. She wants to meet tomorrow. She needs to talk. She does not know anyone. Friday. Somerset and Tracy are at the diner. She hates living there, but she doesn't want to be a burden to Mills. She used to live upstate. She now lives in hell. She can't get a job in the schools as a teacher because the conditions are horrible. She hates living there. Oh, and she's pregnant. She used to live in heaven. Now she lives in hell. And now she lives in hell. And then Somerset gives her some of the worst advice. Smiley's a good guy, but not, not the, the best advice. Here. But his closing line on it says a lot about him because he's yeah. very he's very conflicted. Uh, he's he doesn't know who he is or what he wants. Yeah, he opens up about his relationship long time ago. He got a girl pregnant. He felt fear for the first time ever. You cannot bring a child into a world like this. He didn't want the baby. He wore his woman down to get rid of it. Tracy wants her baby. Somerset says he knows he made the right decision, but also wishes that he didn't. He tells Tracy to never tell David about the baby if she gets rid of it. That's the part that I think is a brutal piece of advice. So David does not know. Mills does not know. Yeah. 
Yeah, David is Mills, if I've been calling him David at all. But yeah, they. Oh, yeah. He just started. Well, they met and they. She, I wrote, yeah, I wrote it down as David. She forced them to, to say their first names on camera. Uh, never tell Mills about the baby if you get rid of it. But if you have the baby, spoil that baby. Da, 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 and then the tears start running and it's mad emotional. But his beeper starts going off. He goes back to the precinct. The guys are going over the case. Mills is sick of waiting around for the guy to strike again. He's arguing with Somerset. Somerset's like, imagine the time and patience it takes to pull something off like this. Mills goes, he's a nutbag. Just because he's got a library card doesn't make him Yoda. <laughs> and And Mills is very much wanting to just dismiss it and come in, just knock a door down and arrest the guy and barrel right through something. And Somerset is thinking about it a little more and trying to figure it out and trying to climb into his, his killer's head a little bit so he can figure out what's going on. And I don't think Mills wants to go in there. I, I don't think he feels safe in there. Just like he couldn't completely laugh in that other scene. There's a, There's a part of him that has to pull himself from this stuff emotionally to understand it. And it's just easier to punch somebody in the face or insult someone or just come in guns ablaze. And I think that's how he feels. And not that they're going around shooting people, but I think it just he feels that way. And Somerset wants to dig deeper. And this is making Mills super uncomfortable. I'm just going to just jump to the end and say there's a part where our John Doe says it would make you feel more comfortable thinking I'm insane. Yes. Yep. But the second Mills said Yoda, uh, I thought a year, year ass. <laughs> I was like, this motherfucker is happy as hell. That's like, it's, that's it's, like there's, there's two Star Wars references in the movie. If we jumped ahead again, then when they're in the car with John Doe, he says something about delusions of grandeur. And oh. that's, they say that, um, as well in Star Wars, so there you. Pretty funny. That's like that's like Somerset mentioning Godzilla fifty four. <laughs> I'd be like, what, what? <laughs> uh, so yeah, just because he's got a library card doesn't make him Yoda. Light bulb Mills with the bright ideas. Somerset's favorite place in the world. He gets super excited. How much money you got? You got to make a list of books relating to the seven deadly sins. What would this guy study to do what he's done? Takes Mills to the library. Mills is bored as hell. He's eating a bag of potato chips. Uh, he's printing a huge list of books. Okay. Then they go to the grimy pizza joint. Somerset's like, give me your money. <laughs> and in walks Stinky Man. Who is the bear guy from 30 Days of Night, correct? Is he? Yeah, that's him. The same dude oh, from Batman. Yeah. Shave down. Yeah. Check out our 30 Days of Night episode if you have not yet. And he's the also the the corrupt cop in uh, Nolan's Batman. And in Batman. Uh, so he pays Stinky Man. And the guy says, I only do this for you, Somerset. Give me a half hour. <laughs> and then he just gets up and he grabs the slice of pizza that Mills has and walks away with it. <laughs> it's great. So then we cut to the boys that sit at the barbershop. Mills is grumpy as hell. And Somerset's like, all right, I'm if I tell you this, then I'm trusting you more than I trust most people. Uh, and Mills is like, good, because I'm about ready to punch you in the face. 
So Summers says, like, it's probably nothing, but the guy at the pizza place is a friend from the Bureau. Who, Stinky Man? <laughs> I love it. It just balances out. There's always a good chuckle every 15, 20 minutes to lighten up this ridiculously dark movie. So the FBI, <clears throat> the FBI tracks reading habits. Certain books are flagged. Books on nuclear weapons. Anyone who checks out a flagged book gets their record fed to the FBI. And Mills is like, whoa, how is any of this legal? Again, smart-ass Somerset. It's not legal. These terms don't apply. It's just a reference point. Uh, but you can't get an, a library card without an ID. So if you want to know who's reading books about the seven deadly sins, the FBI is going to have that info. Uh, we might get a name. We might get something. We might get anything. So Stinky Man walks in. He gives them their envelope. He has a long stare down with Mills, which is funny. They're a little brief. Like They, they met each other once. I think they hate each other already. It's so funny. Uh, they go back to the car. They're checking out the goods. They're reading through the list they got back. They find someone who checked out a book about the seven deadly sins. His name is Jonathan Doe. They go to the address. Somerset's like, yeah, we'll just talk to him. Somerset goes, you do the talking. Put that silver tongue of yours to work. Mills is like, you've been talking to my wife? Somerset gives him a long stare. He has. Somerset knocks on the door, no answer. Down the hall, a man wearing all black and a top hat, holding groceries, walks up the steps, sees Mills and Somerset, stops dead in his tracks. Uh-oh. Somerset spots him, the man pulls out a gun and starts popping off shots. Here we go. We got somebody. Something's happening. This is where, although we've seen such horrific things before this, this this gets like super intense right here. And it's weird how much it it's kind of jarring. We're in this procedural thing. We're doing research. We're seeing this horrific scenes. But for some reason, this whole sequence, this chase sequence, just builds a lot of tension. The music's pumping. The shots are popping off. Somerset immediately gets concerned. He goes, Mills, because he's chasing after the suspect. Somerset knows a lot. Somerset knows Mills might be a daddy. Somerset knows a lot about Mills that Mills doesn't even know about himself. Shows genuine concern. What a weight that she put, what Tracy put on him to tell him that, knowing he doesn't know yet. She's but he knows, else. Somerset knows, and now it's his partner. So when they're going to get into any situations that get super tense, you've got the guy who might retire at the end of the week versus the young guy who's got a baby on the way. That's a lot of pressure on Somerset's part. Too much. Mills is running all through the building. He's searching room after room. There's screaming kids. There's screaming families. He gets to a window. He looks out, and there's John Doe. Pop, 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 pop. Empties his entire clip but misses. The chase is on. It's Mills versus John Doe round one. Chase goes all the way out the building onto the streets. Shout out to the stunt guy. I don't know if you saw it closely. The stunt guy who falls right in front of the moving car. His head is like a millimeter away from the tire. I see it every <laughs> single time. You have to check this movie out again if you haven't during the chase scene. This dude is right at the end of the, the scene in the street. A car like it's one of the most beautiful shots ever. How he didn't get killed is insane. 
I have to say John Doe is a fantastic athlete for a guy who sits in a dark apartment and writes in notebooks all the time. He's suddenly out of nowhere. He's doing parkour all over the place. I mean, all over he's, the city. he's fit. He's, he's healthy. I'm sure he eats well or eats minimal. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, yeah. But he, he does tear ass through this hotel or through this apartment complex. Uh, Mills is jumping off the top of cars. He's chasing John Doe down the alley. He walks past a truck. From on top of the truck, here comes a hand. Pop right in the shoulder. He hits Mills with a crowbar. He comes down and he puts his gun right to Mills' head. Somerset shows up in the alley and screams out, Mills! And he's like, no. Super emotional. Super high tension. And and Brad Pitt was injured when they're filming this movie in this one of these sequences. So he, he injured his arm. And so his arm in certain other shots in the movie, his um, I think it's his left arm is kind of down and out of the way. It's wrapped underneath the suit. Uh, they even allude to it in the commentary that his hand in one scene looks a little purpley because it's wrapped so tight from from the injury. Um, so it's legit. He, his hand is wrapped after the scene. That's a legit wrapping because he really was injured. That's that's playing up to the part right there. John Doe is standing there with the gun to Mills' head and then quickly pulls it away because it's all part of the game. Somerset goes, he saves Mills. They head right back up to that door. Somerset's like, what the hell are you going to do? We cannot go in there without a warrant. The guy will walk. We need a reason to knock on this door. Mills is like, okay, okay. And boom, just kicks it in anyway. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, no sense in arguing about it now unless you could fix that. You stupid. Mo- I love it. I love it. He takes a second and he flips the script on Somerset. How much money we got left? They're showing each other their little tricks. Cut to the crackhead in the alley. She's like, I saw John Doe looking suspicious when all these murders were happening. I called Detective Somerset. The cops looking at her and Mills like, you are both full of shit. Hmm. Well, what's done is done. Mills walks away with the girl. She's like, I did what you said. And he's like, yeah, now go get yourself some something to eat. Boom. Avoided problems. Yeah. Somerset shows Mills a trick. Mills shows Somerset a trick. Student becomes a teacher. We're inside John Doe's house. This is, this is where, this is hell right here. It's dark packed out, packed yeah. out house. All kinds of stuff going on in this place. Dark, all sorts of crazy weapons. Big illuminated red crucifix above the bed. Desk full of headache pills. Somerset walks past shelves with stacked spaghetti sauce mm-hmm. from our big man. One shelf has a jar, and in that jar is a hand. And Somerset goes, Victor. That's the dude who was in the bed with the missing hand. Our sloth from earlier. He finds a receipt for Wild Bill's Leather Shop with a picture of a blonde under it. Hmm. Mills sees a room with a red light, goes in. There's a tub. There's pictures hanging everywhere. Our glutton, our greedy lawyer, our sloth. And what's in the tub? Tell me. Oh, man, it's a picture of Mills. The one from the stairwell. 
And and you know what's crazy? When I saw first saw this movie, I thought this would be, and I've said it, I said it in an earlier episode that I loved those exposition scenes where we're just going in to all these little details and they tell us the whole story. But instead, we get a twist. Not not the twist, but we get a little bit of a twist. He was there already. They had him. He's really playing them. He's always been one step ahead. And he still is. He was the photographer from the stairwell. He was, you know, except for them finding him out right now, of course. He was not one step ahead then. Yes, that, that accelerated his plans. Yes, the cops are all searching the house. They cannot find fingerprints. Somerset's in John Doe's room reading one of his, what is it, hundreds or thousands of books? I don't, I don't, I didn't get the number. Yeah, I, I, it's, he says it, and then because he, he he said something about how many men they would need in shifts to read. If we had a hundred men in this room reading in twenty four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of books. This guy wrote down everything. Every single page has writing in it with tiny print. Somerset reads a passage out of the book saying how John Doe threw up on a man out of boredom and then couldn't stop laughing about it. Somerset's like, this is his mind poured out on paper. Phone starts ringing. Everyone's freaking out. Mills find the phone, picks it up. It's John Doe. Do you know the first words John Doe says? No. I admire you. Hmm. 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 He's been sizing. I mean, he wouldn't know Mills got there, but he must have found him early on. Had to. Only a couple days ago. I mean, listen, it's Brad Pitt. Love at first sight. I get it. Even John Doe was like, God damn, I love this mother effer. He goes, I'll be readjusting my schedule in light of what happened, but I wanted to call and show my admiration. I'm sorry I hurt one of you. Will you accept my apology? I feel like saying more, but I don't want to ruin the surprise. Great. I think at this point he knows... I, I think he knows what his plan is going to, what his end game is going to be at this exact point. Saturday. It's raining. Big surprise. Yeah. The boys are at Wild Bill's leather shop. They're showing him a receipt. What'd you make for John Doe? I figured he was a performer. He made a crazy device for him and he hands them a picture of it. And Mills and Somerset are like, you made this? Clearly, whatever's in this photo is bad. Yeah, that's Wild Bill is like bootleg old Trent Reznor. We have to get yeah. it out like 30 days a night. This is like, yeah. Yeah. this is if Trent Res if Nine Inch Nails never took off. <laughs> Somerset Bieber goes off. They found the blonde. Mills and Somerset, they're brought downstairs into a club in the back of a room, into a back room. Lust is written on the door. Yeah. Cops rip off the bed sheet and both Mills and Somerset like jump a little in horror. There's a girl on the bed torn apart. You don't see it because Mills and Somerset are blocking right. it. And 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 you know what I, I will say, although they do show a lot of horrific things in this movie, they allude to a lot of things that your mind closes in on without actually showing it, which is to me the best. 
in the corner, we got this poor little weird nerdy guy with the contraption who's screaming in terror. I like this guy. You know why? He's really good at playing screaming guy. He's uh, the same exact character in Alien Resurrection. So we'll talk about that when we get there. He is. He was in yeah. something else, too. He was I... the one with the thing in his chest, and he put the guy's head in front, and it blew out the front of it. Yeah. And he, and he plays the exact same guy that he plays right here in he's, Seven. He's screaming guy. He's That's screaming. Yeah, mean. he's he's pathetic screaming guy. I love him. Uh, but he's in the corner. He's screaming bloody murder. He's like, get this thing off of me. And he's got this shoulder contraption on. We cut to the interrogation room. It's Mills talking to the club owner. I got my my little gnarly bit. I'm positive this club owner is Funboy from The Crow. Oh. I'm also fairly certain that Funboy from The Crow is the man who accidentally shot and killed Brandon Lee in The Crow. Really? Uh, yeah, and he dropped off. He dropped out of acting for a long time after that. And I do believe this. I could be wrong on this, but this might have been one of his like earlier roles coming back. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's my. I, I'm fairly certain. You want to check me on that? Add in Madness Pod on all the socials. I should have done my research a little better, but I'm fairly positive. I do know that. I wouldn't say that without being damn confident about it. They're asking the guy if you saw anything weird at the club. He's like, I see tons of weird shit. There's guys coming in with suitcases full of stuff. Somerset's in the interrogation room with the guy who had to wear the contraption. And then he finally throws the photo on the table. And we see it's this over-the-shoulder strap thing. And the dick is this ridiculously sharp knife. Awful. One of the, yeah, horrifying. And Somerset asks, who tied her down? Guy's like, he had a gun in my face. He made me do it. He put that device on me. He told me to fuck her. And I did. He had a gun in my mouth. It was in my throat. He's screaming bloody murder. I love screaming bloody murder, guy. He's screaming, help me. We cut to our boys at the bar. They're stressed. Well, the, you know, afterwards they're sitting in the in the interrogation room, stressed. But then they're at the bar. Wait, Sean, I'm going to pause you. Yeah, and just just say that it was Fun Boy. Yeah, I yeah. had to look it up while you were talking. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. And we got to do the crow soon. That'll be one of our heavy hitters. Michael Massey. Yeah. Um, I don't know if if Seven was one of his. I think it was one of his early roles back. Uh, because he dropped out for a while. Because. What a fucking hell of a life that poor guy had. Yeah, and he he, pa- he passed away in, in 2016. Ah, what a bummer. Rest in peace. I just brought the whole episode down. I no, nah, no way. I mean, that's, a, you know, fun boy. We got to do The Crow. We got to do The Crow. One of my favorite movies ever. That was like the movie that got me into movies, man. Like The Crow? Real. Really? Yeah, like for real, for real. I mean, I was watching movies, but I didn't like, like nerding out like this. Like I... The, the Crow was like my first like nerding out. That was like when I found like Green Day before I found Metallica. Like <laughs> Green Day, yeah, like just crazy. Uh, we cut to our boys at the bar. Somerset's like, you know this isn't going to have a happy ending. Whew. Talk about foreshadowing. Yeah, that's an understatement. He goes, if we catch John Doe and he's Satan himself, it may live up to our expectations, but he's not. He's just a man. And Mills doesn't want to hear it. He's like, stop trying to prepare me for the worst. These are sick people. Somerset's like, no, these are everyday, regular people. 
And Mills is like, you stop caring about people, but Mills still cares. Somerset's like, yeah, you're going to save the day. You're going to be the guy. He's like, whatever. Mills says to Somerset, now he's dropping jewels on him. This is where the student becomes the teacher. He doesn't believe Somerset is quitting because he believes the things he says. He thinks Somerset wants to believe the things he says because he is quitting. Mm -hmm. He's trying to convince himself the entire time. And he wants Mills to also agree with him. But Mills says he won't. Well, who else does he have around? We don't see Somerset interact with the guys at the library. And it is a quick movie. It's over a period of a week, but we don't see him interact. I get a sense that he's so deep in all of his research on these crimes that he, but we know that he doesn't have time for a a social life. So this is the only person he can have this relationship with. And Mills ain't having it. Mills is Captain America. He wants to serve and protect and solve and catch the catch the bad guys. He does not agree with Somerset. He can't. He still has a shred of hope left. Whoops. Big mistake on his part. Just saying. He leaves the bar. He leaves Somerset there thinking. Mills dropping gems. Mills gets home, cuddles his wife, tells her he loves her so much. Beautiful, touching final moments cut to crazy somerset in bed wide awake with his goddamn metronome clicking away he does my move he grabs it and he chucks it all the way across the room clearly mills has got to his head he opens his knife he starts chucking at the dartboard to relieve stress sunday we get a 911 call this clip is also used in a Dillinger Escape Plan song. Oh, yeah? I tried adding it to our playlist on Spotify that I have created for this show where I am just throwing songs on. Check out the In Madness playlist on Spotify. Uh, I got a couple of just anything we talk about on this show. Um, but I can't find this Dillinger song with the clip in it, but it's a clip of John Doe calling 911. And he goes, I've gone and done it again. Hmm. They use that song in sugar-coated sour uh, live. Uh, and then it goes into a breakdown. Everything stops. It goes, I've gone and done it again. And then it goes back to like, like <laughs> amazing, amazing. I might post it up. I'll post it up on the In Madness social somewhere. Uh, so we cut to another house. There's blood everywhere. There's a girl in bed. She is covered in blood. In blood on the wall, we have pride. There's sleeping pills glued in one hand. There's a telephone glued in the other. He cut her up. He bandaged her. Somerset's like, you call for help, you'd be disfigured or put yourself out of your own misery. The medical examiner goes, he cut off her nose to spite her face. Mm. By the looks of it, he did it very recently. This just happened. They're right there. I feel like this one is because it's been accelerated. He needed to get this one done quicker quickly yeah this was not one that was as planned it's messier it's just a quick sort of simple okay i'm going to do this one i've identified this person move in on it quickly because i've got to get this plan in place i don't i don't think he was aware of the 
the movie theme of seven and had to get it done in seven days, but he, he, he definitely needed to move it forward. This is it. This is, uh, oh, oh, this is it. This is our milking of the alpacas moment. Yes. Oh, absolutely. This is, we're, we're just in a really good film at this moment. And from this point forward, it becomes a legendary film. I love that we have milking of the alpacas. That is mad funny. Check out our color out of space episode if you have maybe we should make milking the alpacas t-shirts yeah (laughs) we cut back to the precinct somerset is telling mills he's decided to stay on until this case is done either they'll catch john doe or this will go on forever but he knows it's not gonna go on forever it was seven they're they're, they were almost there he says, I requested you let me be your partner for at least the next couple of days. You'll be doing me a favor. You know why? Because he loves this shit. Yes. They walk into the precinct. A cab pulls up. Here's our milking of the alpacas. We see a waste shot of a man get out of the cab. He begins walking into the precinct. Detective. Detective detective screaming in the middle of the precinct and there he is john doe kevin spacey who is at the time of this movie i'm like a huge actor yes and the fact that he doesn't show up this is like the drew barrymore in the beginning of scream for like five minutes this is kind of that on the ass end which is wild because even I was like, oh, man, because that's what I'm saying. You couldn't do this now because Twitter would have ruined all of this. And, and I think if he showed up earlier in any way, shape, or form, we would have suspected him. Right? Look look at him. I, I think we would have suspected him as as the big baddie. Yeah, he's too big to be there for no reason. Yes. Kevin Spacey is sitting there. John Doe is standing there covered in blood saying, you've been looking for me. The whole precinct freaks out. Get down, get down, get down. He looks at Mills dead in the eye and goes, I know you. What a slap in the face. Mm. Get down, get down. He lays down. He gets cuffed. The officer who cuffs him picks up his hands and there's blood all over them. John Doe goes, I'd like to speak to my lawyer, please. We cut to his fingerprint sheet. It's a mix of ink and blood. We find out he cuts off his fingertips. And that's why we couldn't find one print at any scene. Which is what we saw in the opening main title sequence as well. Which is just wild. Like I never saw that concept in a movie before. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. He's got no credit history. He's got no info whatsoever. He's got money. He's got a big apartment. he's, He's independently wealthy, they say. They yeah. don't tell you how many got rich parents. Oh, maybe one of his, maybe his parents were like Gotham socialites. Ah, here we go. <laughs> That's funny. They were also at that opera the night. Oh, here we go. Mills and Somerset want to talk to him, but the uh, chief captain, whatever he is, uh, Emery, he's like, no, you guys can't talk to him. He's turning himself in. He's going to court. And Mills and Somerset are like, this is bullshit. 
There's no way he turned himself in right now. He's not finished. He's two murders away from completing his masterpiece. Mm -hmm. We have Wrath. We have Envy. Those are the two left. They're going to await his plea. We cut to the room with John Doe's lawyer sitting in there with the DA, with the chief, with Somerset, with Mills. And he informs us that there are two bodies hidden and that John Doe will take Mills and Somerset only. Why? Because he admires you. If Mills and Somerset don't go, the bodies will never be found. Mills gets pissed at the lawyer for representing John Doe. He informs them that if they don't go, John Doe will plead insanity and also says, based on the extreme nature of these crimes, that this lawyer could probably get him off on it. God bless America. Yeah, on an insanity. You just could get you imagine? And that's it. He'll get a cushy room somewhere, watch HBO, and go to therapy. Mills goes, he'll get free cable. Hell, my wife doesn't even have cable. That's messed up, by the way. He moved her to the city. Didn't even get her cable. She's Didn't sitting home alone all day, no job. What, what is she doing? doing? I know what she's doing. <laughs> I know what she's doing now. Lawyer says, if Mills and Somerset do agree, John Doe will write a full confession and plead guilty right then and there. They agree. Uh... The DA mentions that they ran the blood under John Doe's fingernails, blood from Doe, blood from the girl whose nose he cut off, and blood from a third party yet to be identified. Mm. Mills and Somerset eyeball each other and they go, let's finish it. They're shaving their chests to attach the wire for the mics, joking about UFOs flying out of John Doe's head. And if shaving off a nipple is covered under workman's comp, the guys have a nice laugh. This is the last time we laugh in this movie. Mills is like, if I keep coming home late, my wife's going to think something's up. And then he goes, you know, like he's about to say something and then he doesn't say a goddamn thing and walks away. And there's this feeling of dread, like he knows something's up. Somerset knows something's up because Tracy told him, what did you think Brad Pitt was going to say? What did you think Mills was going to say? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think I still was <laughs> wondering if he was involved, that there was a... Ah, you, still, you still thought he was a suspect. I felt there was an, uh, another twist. I did not see the, the what we get at the end at all. I don't think anybody did. Uh, yeah, I, I, my, my girlfriend said she did. And I was, she figures out the ending of everything. We'll be in the middle of watching a movie. She's like, you want to know how this ends? And I'm like, no. But I'm not the, I mean, we can get to it now, but not the head in the box. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. She saw that coming. She said she saw it coming. We'll when the box. Okay. Well, we, we, let's get to it in a sec. But. Uh, they all gear up. The cops, the SWAT team, everybody. They put John Doe in the car with Mills and Somerset. And away we go. The boys are in the car talking to one another. Finally. Mills says that John Doe is only doing this for the headlines. John Doe says, if you want people to listen, you have to hit them with the sledgehammer to get their attention. I'm not special, but what I'm doing is my work. And Mills is like, I don't think it's special. In a few weeks, no one's going to give a shit. Doe's like, you can't see the whole complete act yet. When this is done, people will barely be able to comprehend. I was mind blown. That's for sure. So Mills keeps messing with them, pissing them off. They're having their back and forth. And Doe says, I can't wait till you see it. 
It's really going to be something when you see it. And Mills is like, I'll be right there. So when it happens, you let me know. And Doe's like, you won't miss a thing. Oh, if only he knew. And what a build. Like, if you didn't have this ending that's coming up and you just kept saying it's going to be something, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, you had to, Fincher had to deliver on this. Um, so they drive upstate, they're like in the middle of nowhere, this empty land for miles, power lines, miles of road everywhere, and the boys in the car are talking. There's another part from this movie that was sampled in another song, uh, old school, rare song, Eminem with Scam, called <laughs> Old World Disorder. Uh, I'll try to add that to our in madness playlist oh i'm super excited tomorrow i'm gonna jump on this in madness playlist on spotify yeah i I haven't you told me about it you sent it to me i don't i don't think i listened it's fun it's just something to put together i got stuff from what our for uh our krampus episode our gremlins episode our lighthouse episode i'm just gonna keep adding to it like stuff that pops up and it's a fun listen it's a fun listen but yeah if i could find this eminem song they use this sample where mills is asking john doe if he realized he's crazy while he's dancing in his mama's underwear masturbating in his own feces <laughs> and this is where john doe says it would make you feel more comfortable thinking i was insane yeah john doe says he was chosen here we go again with smart ass somerset he gets the best of john doe our smart john doe He's surprised that John hasn't seen the glaring contradiction that if he was chosen by a higher power, if his hand was forced, it's odd he would get so much enjoyment out of it. It doesn't keep with martyrdom. And John Doe is stumped. He outsmarted him again. And and these shots with the helicopter and the power lines and all that are, are just amazing shots. It's broad daylight so we get back to that and we're going to see what we don't see but what what happens is the most horrific thing in broad daylight again for everyone to see and the helicopters there and it's just a beautiful the way they cut back and forth on this these shots are absolutely amazing uh he admits he took pleasure in his work with his own desire to turn each sin against the sinner Mills is like, you just killed innocent people. And this does not sit well with John Doe. He gets pissed off. He's like, innocent? Is that supposed to be funny? The obese man, the lawyer, the model, the drug dealer, disease spreading horror? Only in a world this shitty could you say people were innocent and keep a straight face. And that kind of digs at Somerset because he's the jaded guy, what we think, or he's playing like that and he's telling somerset a little bit what he's been feeling about that place and what he's been trying to tell mills yeah uh this next part is also in a dillinger escape plan song we see a deadly sin on every street corner in every home and we tolerate it because it's common it's trivial we tolerate it morning noon and night well not anymore I'm setting the example and what I've done is going to be studied and followed forever. Hell of a dialogue. And it is in a movie sense. A lot of people tried to emulate this movie after it came out. So Mills and John Doe go back to arguing about how he got caught. 
how John Doe broke Mill's face. You're only alive because I didn't kill you. Remember every time you look at your face in the mirror for the rest of your life, or should I say, for the rest of what life I've allowed you to have. This dude is digging. <laughs> and this isn't even the worst of it. Barely. Mills gets pissed. He tells him to sit back and shut up, and they stop fighting. SWAT team's flying around looking to see if it's an ambush, but it is a barren wasteland. There's nothing around. Dirt and power lines. They stop the car. Mills and Somerset get out. They're looking around. Mills takes Doe out. And again, to lighten the mood a bit, Somerset finds a dead dog. John Doe gives us the Steve Urkel. I didn't do that. Oh, Steve Urkel says, did I do that? Whatever. John Doe <laughs> goes, I didn't do that to the dead dog. And it's it's very funny. I always laugh at that part. <laughs> John Doe asks for the time. It's 7.01. It's close. You begin shuffling off. You're showing Mills where the bodies are. A van starts coming down the road and Somerset spots it. Tells Mills Mills to get Doe on his knees and Somerset runs off. And Doe's like, "I'm, I'm glad we have this time to talk. Somerset's racing to the van. He pulls in front of it. He pops off a shot. He gets the driver out. And I I mean, who did you think was going to be in the van? You think it was going to be like, Somebody was part of it. What did you think? I mean, I thought originally it was somebody who was part of it. Then as soon as he got out, I figured it wasn't. And then later on, I thought, wow, what a really punctual delivery driver. His, he asked what time it was. What did he say? 7.01. 7.01. He was a minute late. <laughs> yeah, he was one minute late. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And this is 95. I don't think they're fucking with GPS like we are in 2023. No, and I feel for this guy because he... He's hauling ass to get there on time. He's a minute late. He's stressed out. He's got to deliver this box. Then he's held at gunpoint and told to just run away. I mean, he got 500 bucks. Yeah. He got 500 bucks. But he's uh, got to do that full run down that dirt road to where yeah, I was like, I hope he doesn't have to run home, but, but Somerset's like, have him picked up. Yeah, but picked up way, like way, uh, ways like, away. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no other cars. I mean, maybe the maybe the helicopters. Who knows? That's a long, that's a long run. Oh, maybe he got a helicopter ride. That would have been nice. Uh, they get the driver out of the van. It's it's just some schmo. It's like Otto from The Simpsons, the bus driver. And it felt like bootleg Andrew Dice Clay to me. Yeah. He goes, I got a package for Detective David Mills. Oh, shit. Somerset tells him to get it. Driver goes, guy paid me 500 bucks to get it here at exactly 7 o'clock. Somerset takes the box, sends the driver off running. He's hesitant to open it, but he whips out his trusty, dusty knife. He's like, I'm going to open it. Puts the tape open, opens the flap. There's blood. Oh, no. What fits in a box? John Doe's telling Mills, when I said I admired you, I meant what I said. You've made quite a nice life for yourself. Somerset opens the box and jumps away with a look of horror on his face. There was a second where I thought it was uh, one of the dogs. Oh, yeah. If only. That, yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. And then that, that'd be I mean, quite a letdown, I guess, when you built to this. Um, but I, I didn't think that was the final act. But I also fitting the, the dead dog theme so far of our podcast. Yeah, I don't have the names for those animals. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just listening to our Lighthouse episode with the, the three uh, seagulls. 
Uh, Somerset looks right at Mills. He's holding his gun to John Doe. And Somerset tells the SWAT team, stay away. John Doe has the upper hand. Uh-oh. Yeah. So you thought you thought the dog's head was in the box? For a second, not uh, once, literally a second. Then once he starts talking about the good life that he has, I was like, this is something else. John- then I thought it was the baby, which is awful. Um, That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, John Doe says, I wish I could have lived like you. I'm trying to tell you how much I admire you and your pretty wife, Tracy. Mm. Oh, shit. Mills is like, what did you just say? John Doe goes, it's easy to purchase information from the men in your precinct. I visited your home this morning. I tried to play husband to taste the life of a simple man, but it didn't work out. So I took a souvenir. Her pretty head. Brutal. Somerset runs up and he's like, give me your gun. We get our classic line. The line that I knew before I ever saw this movie. What's in the box? Everybody says that all the time. What's in the box? That used to be my old Twitter handle. (laughs) Was it? Yeah, it it was what's in the box, but it, it was already taken. So I put the O in box as a zero. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Fancy. John Doe says, because I envy your life, envy is my sin. Mills says he's a liar. Somerset goes, he wants you to shoot him. Mills is freaking out. Tell me it's not true. Jonathan Doe, Jonathan Doe, John Doe just digging in. Become vengeance. Become wrath. Mills is like, tell me she's all right. Freaking out. The worst situation ever. Mm. Ever. Somerset goes, he made her a suspect. This piece of shit, John Doe goes, she begged for her life. She begged for her life and the life of the baby inside of her. Somerset backhand, shut up. Slaps Doe right in the face. Mills stops. He's looking confused. He looks at them both. And John Doe laughs and goes, oh, you didn't he didn't know. know. He didn't know. Bom, bom, bom. Could it get worse? Could it get worse? Somerset's like, if you shoot him, he wins. Mills starts screaming, aiming, thinking. And then, boom, a picture of Tracy flashes past the screen. And that's it. Pop. John Doe's dead. And they flashed that picture with seven minutes to go in the film. Yeah. Exactly seven minutes. Are you serious? Yes. Gnarly bits are the best. He walks over to John Doe's body. Pop, 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 pop. Empties his entire clip probably in his face. Uh, We cut to Mills in the back of the cop car looking miserable. Captain's like, we'll take care of him. And then Somerset, humanizing again at the end of this movie, uh, he'll do anything he needs. Mm-hmm. And the captain asks where he'll be. Do you want to do it? I don't remember the exact line now that you put me on the spot. Around. Around. I'll be around. I'll be around. Uh, do you know the ending quote of the movie? No. We close the movie with Morgan Freeman. 
Ernest Hemingway once wrote, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. Oh, yes. <laughs> the end cut to black. Summer sense of change, man. I got, I wrote down, I have chills. I was watching this movie. It ended. I have chills. Uh, like a perfect movie. I, I don't, they don't make them like this anymore. They can't make them like this anymore because of social media. The, the surprise would have been ruined immediately. The story is so good. The dialogue is so good. It's just so rare to find like the perfect combination, comedy, horror, just everything. It's, it's, it's the movie's movie to me. Uh, I, absolutely. I, I love this movie. It's weird for me to say I love this movie when it's, I, I know you love movies that end on a super downer note. It's hard for me sometimes, but like, I love this movie, but I do. It's beautifully made. Um, a couple bits to throw in. So when Fincher was given the script, uh, I guess he was given the version of the script with the head in the box. And there were other versions where it wasn't. And he agreed to make the movie. And then the agent was like, oh, they sent you the wrong one. So then he had to sort of petition to do that version. And I guess when he was presenting it to the production company, he kind of basically said that people will always remember this movie for that. They might not remember who's in it, who made it. It'll just be, oh, that was the head in the box. Movie. What was it before the head? So there was a lot of different ideas. One of them was that he would race back, that Mills would race back and save her. So it was a kind of a different setup to that. Yeah. Um, and 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 they had original cut too. And one of the well, back up for a second. One of them, another idea they had was that there would be a dead dog in the box. That was one of the other ideas. And when they screened the movie, it cut to black as soon as Mills shot Doe. That was it. The movie cut to black then. So we didn't get that after bit. And then it went right to credits and he felt like they needed kind of something else there. To lighten the mood a bit. Yeah. There had there had to be something. It just cut to black. What's funny about it is, you know, we don't see Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box. Thank Never. God. Yeah. But there are people who think they did. It's one of those things where people are like, and they do flash her picture for a second. And Fincher tells a story about a woman who approached him and was very angry that he made this awful movie where, and why did he show it? And why did he show her head cut off in the box? She was a hundred percent sure that that's exactly what happened because we, our mind filled in these blanks. Um, and I referred to that in our lighthouse episode. Uh, it is the Mandela effect where I thought I saw an arm come out of the lighthouse, but nothing comes out of it. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. I see a lot and, of things like that. And there was another alternate ending and this was storyboarded uh, that would Somerset would shoot John Doe. No, nah, I like it better the way. It and was. you're going to hate this. Okay. So Somerset shoots John Doe. Uh-huh. And Mills says, what are you doing? And Somerset says, I'm retiring. Are you for, that's like, that's that was like storyboarded a, and it didn't happen. That's like lethal weapon. Yeah. On on a kitschy little line is where you would end on that one. No, 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 no. So no. they got so in the end they got it, they got it correct. 
Thank God. Could you imagine having two hours of gold and then 30 seconds of shit that ruins it all? It's just a catch line. Like, zing! No, no, that's like McBain. Yeah, yeah. I still see you. Yeah. Although Morgan Freeman saying I'm retiring would still be cool. Yeah. I can't but wait. Not, a, not as a cool movie. Yeah. Yeah. I love your Morgan Freeman impression. I love that we're going to add Lucy to the list. This is, this. <laughs> I mean, seven, the fact, I mean, this is a heavy hitter to me. Uh, we said we weren't going to hit a, a heavy hitter till our 10th episode, but uh, seven is definitely a heavy hitter. We had to do seven for seven. I mean, it's, it's only right. But like, I will watch this movie religiously. I love every part of it. I still feel like every time I watch it is the first time watching it. I remember watching it as a kid. And this was kind of like another introduction to horror movies because it was something I could get that like wasn't, I mean, it was scary as hell, but like it wasn't like a Freddy or a Jason or, or that like kind of thing. But and, and I mean, for in 95, me, I'm, I'm, I'm 12 years old. So, okay. Yeah, I don't tell my age, so you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, but, uh, yeah. So I'm 105, I was little... but, um, but uh, see, that threw me. Now you threw, you threw me off. I was gonna say something else, and I, and I, and I can't remember. Oh, I lost you. My bad. You lost, you lost me right at the end of this <laughs> episode. Do I finally get lost? Oh, I know what it was. I just wanted to say that this movie kind of introduced me to something that I love in movies now, which is it introduced me to reading material. So I instantly, I'm pretty sure this movie is why I went out and bought a copy of paradise lost. Okay. It's probably this. It was a probably a combo of this and Danzig. Cause I think he mentions paradise lost in some video. Milton's paradise lost. I think it's by the one where he's by his bookshelf or something, but, um, but I think this was it where it introduced me to kind of on a deep dive, which then years later would bring me to doing this podcast with you, which is where did it come from? Where did these ideas that they built this framework, these seven deadly sins, obviously everyone already knows that, but we're being led on this horrific tale by John Doe, Satan, maybe some would say, um, and how does that connect up with these literary references, which is amazing. And I still do that to this day. That's how we ended up doing this podcast. And then you grabbed me uh, by the pants and threw me down the hole of maybe seven is Gotham. And that just took me through a whole world that I didn't expect to go to either. Yeah, maybe. Maybe some say it's a rainy day in Gotham. We can do the Batman, right? I think we have to do the Batman. I just watched that, too. It's one of my favorite movies. Pattinson is so good. So I mean, I, I would love to do all all the Batman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we. I don't know if we have any of the Batman's on the list. I love it. We iron. We'll iron this out while we're recording. Yeah, I mean, that's we work it out. We work it out. We figure out plans as we go. Uh, or do you have all your gnarly bits? I'm, I got all, all the gnarly bits. We've been a long time in this. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have an idea for a movie, although we have movies lined up, but if you have one and you're like, I want to hear the guys talk about this movie, just just let us know. We don't have to even like it. We'll we'll go through it. I, I can always find stuff I like. So 
That's okay. I want to know what you loved about Seven. If you loved Seven, if you watched Seven the first time you rented Seven, the first time you saw it, if you saw it in movie theaters, if you go back that far, uh, tell us your favorite moments from Seven, your favorite quotes from Seven. Did uh, you see it on Laserdisc? Because yeah. there's a Laserdisc out. Of yeah. Seven. So do you that, have Laserdisc? <laughs> the 10 listeners that we have that are have it on Laserdisc, tell us all about it. What are the extras on that Laserdisc? I want to know. At In Madness Pod on all the socials. Uh, yeah, we always love hearing from you if you're listening. We're having a lot of fun doing this. We're hoping you're having as much fun listening. And if not, well, whatever. We're still having fun doing this. Uh, so you got all your gnarly bits in. Seven is so good. Man, mm-hmm. I would I would do this episode again on this movie. Like I don't well, even we're, as soon as we're done, we're gonna I'm gonna think of something that I forgot to say or didn't. Right. We could post know. it on the socials. We'll post yeah. it on the socials. Do you want to? tease the next episode this is a big episode for you this is uh i'm very excited about this one it's not alien that's the tease uh Mm. mm, oh you do it what did you tweet i don't know you put me on the spot small small uh big things have small beginnings and that's how we wrap up our seventh episode uh, this is Sean the Butcher of Invertebrate 33. Uh, thanks for joining us for our seventh episode of In Madness Pod. Thank you. Take care, everybody.